So Noom for me was great. And I lost another 60, 70 pounds with Noom. Now over a year and a half period, which included being in quarantine in St. Martin, because we got stuck here. A lot of weird things going on. We all know 2020, well, 21, actually crazy years. So I got another chunk of weight off and stalled again. And this is another thing. You see people go, I'm going to lose weight by a certain date. Mm -hmm. You put so much pressure on yourself because every pound you lose is another pound towards it. So I got out of that mentality of when's the deadline or what's the event by. It's just every pound I lost was moving forward. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Welcome to the Clip Out, episode 237. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. Hi. Hi. I'm still adjusting my camera. I know, me We got too. new fancy cameras and I can never get them in the right spot. There we go. We told them last week. Oh, sorry. I still... I. <laughs> For the people watching this, it's like, I slide the camera around, it moves on my computer, it doesn't move on my screen, it defies the laws of physics, I don't know what's happening. But anyway... Hi. Hi. <laughs> what... Uh, <laughs> Let's just get right to it. What do you got in store for people this week? Well, let's see. We're going to have a visit from John Mills. We're going to talk about some of this lawsuit stuff going on with Peloton and Lululemon. And uh, we also have some some other things to talk to John about just because... There are things that he's posted. I don't want to give away too much. So I'm curious okay. about his take on some things. Then we had a visit from Dr. Jen. She is going to help us with being consistent in your workout. Okay. And then we have a visit from MetPro. Angelo talks to us about recovering from our Thanksgiving feast. Like and literally Our us. Thanksgiving <laughs> feast. <laughs> we, we might have. Gone off the wagon a little, a little bit. bit. Yeah. Like all the way. Yes. Um, and then uh, we are going to be talking about the newest Peloton instructor um, who is, he is an, the first adaptable athlete that Peloton has hired. And so, and then we're also talking about Peloton's hearing accessibility. They have a Peloton member that went and looked at a bike plus to see all of the hearing accessibility. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's just a ton of new information about all of the instructors. Ooh, and we have some interesting stuff to discuss about the German instructor that just left. There's some interesting posts that have been made that we are going to do a deep dive into. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that, shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us while you're there. Be sure and uh, follow us so you never miss an episode. And if you would be so kind, leave us a review. We have a new review. Ooh. This is from DW Chick. D.W. Chick. Okay. Well, it's just a C.H.K. I guess it could be a D.W. Chack. Or, I don't know what that would be. Check. Or check, but I'm assuming and, check. Okay. It's this outstanding re- resource. I've only had my Peloton Bike Plus for two and a half months, and I'm a newbie to cycling. I'm so grateful for the recommendation to listen to this podcast. Tom and Crystal produce a professional, informative, upbeat, and entertaining podcast every week. Aww. It has been so enlightening to learn about Peloton and cycling through 
the clip out. I started by listening to recent episodes, and now I am working my way from the earliest to the most recent Whoa. ones. Learning about Peloton's <laughs> evolution as well as Crystal and Tom's fitness journeys has been fascinating. Well, thank you very much. Yes, thank you for such a kind review. Yeah, that's very nice of you. So um, you can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the clip out while you're there like the page join the group we had so so many people so many join the group this week we don't know where he came from but there was just an onslaught i spent <laughs> it was like i spent all day tuesday just like approve 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 i don't know somebody must have posted about us i guess so thank you <laughs> yeah thank you and finally you can sign up for our newsletter at the and finally p.s because there should be one more thing. We have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the clip out where you can watch these episodes and you can see me trying to figure out why when I move this camera, the image doesn't change. It is weird. It's riveting. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's all that. Let's uh, let's dig in, shall we? We shall. Run, lift and live with John Mills. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube, it's John Mills from Run, Lift, Live. Hey, John, how's Hi. it going? How's it going? It's happening. If he, are, if he already looks tuckered out, it's because we were having a very funny conversation that you will never get to hear. <laughs> no, you won't. Never. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, but boy, okay. did you miss out. Oh, you yeah, just... you guys missed it. Yeah. You know, my, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit better, but you know, this morning, you could tell I'm married. This morning, I ran into the gym in my garage, which is really cold, and I started working out. I immediately strain my back what but i know it was because i didn't stretch and uh-huh. so now i needed help to get out of the garage but i was afraid to text erica because she would come in there and say did you stretch like like you Hannah, like so Hannah i laid Corbin, on the floor in the garage though? for like 10 minutes <laughs> did you really yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i was afraid that i was afraid to call her i have my phone right there i'm just, <laughs> just surfing the internet can't get up yeah. <laughs> googling for how to <laughs> best recoveries when you forget to stretch dot org oh john yeah. yeah i eventually crawled out of the garage you I crawled feel a little out better now yeah. oh my gosh okay especially on cold days man you gotta warm up you gotta stretch right yeah you can't yeah, just jump right up. into that you gotta warm up slow warm especially up especially in connecticut yeah it gets cold yeah, there i know better yeah. i know better <laughs> it's a Which different is why i just couldn't i couldn't get myself to call erica to help me out of does the she does she know you crawled out of your garage does she know she knows now but <laughs> Yeah, this morning I couldn't face her. Right, you know, all, all broken in the garage. I just couldn't do it. <laughs> See, if, if you've already told her, or you assume she's going to know when you say it here. It sounds like he's already told her. Okay, because I'm like, I promise you, she's I, not listening. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. When's Crystal? When's the last time you listened to an episode of Real Spoilers? Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, the one you were on. <laughs> I didn't listen to that either. Yeah. I didn't <laughs> I don't listen to these. I, I don't even listen half the time when we're doing them. So we know. Yeah, people can tell. So I guess we should dig in. We uh, should uh, at long last. So you had an article this week uh, that or a conversation you started about Lululemon and what does constitute patent infringement on leggings? Yeah, this was interesting to me. I mean, it's basically just yeah. really thick hosiery. 
What yeah. did they? <laughs> you you did a couple of quotes. Uh, I'll just recap to let you gather your thoughts. There, you had you had a couple of thoughts that you, like quotes that you included, and one of them was if you the Miami based fashion lawyer Bogdan Anika said, if you look at all the facts together, it's kind of obvious. Peloton canceled their agreement with Lululemon, then turned around and put very similar garments on the same rack. It would be hard for some consumers to tell them apart. However, also according to Ashley Frezzy, Frezzy, a Toronto-based fashion and branding lawyer, she said Peloton ended the co-branding agreement and then very quickly came to market with their own line. Did they just reverse engineer the product and then say, okay, we're going to freeze you out, Lululemon? So so the interesting part, this was helpful for me because it kind of broke it into the the two components, right? It's like the infringement complaint and then the unfair competition kind of leg of this thing. So I, I guess what I got from the article was, um, you know, the infringement is, you know, maybe or maybe not. They, they may or may not win that. But this article is trying to suggest that Lulu may have a point with regards to the unfair competition complaint because they're saying they're basically saying the consumer may not be able to recognize the difference between the, what was previously Lululemon and now as a Peloton product. Because they were on the same rack. So one day it's on the rack and it's Lululemon. And then the next day it's on the rack and it's just Peloton. Okay, do, since, do, they, do they mean literally on the rack? Yeah, because Peloton yeah, was selling literally Lululemon. On the rack, right. Peloton okay. sold Lululemon uh, athletic wear. Right? Okay, so okay, that's I was making sure before I made my next point, which is I got to think about 0.001% of their sales are from racks. That most of them yeah. are online. Oh, I... Yeah, I get that, but I think that actually makes it worse. I I think it's still the same the same thing, like the the same rack being the online shop because one day it was Lululemon, then you turn around the next day it was Peloton, and they look the same. And and I just right. got to add at this point, Tom, that don't forget that I laid out the two different. So I did not know, John, that I had previously actually bought Lululemon gear. I that know was, this will shock okay. you, but there were clothes she purchased that she I, had no, forgotten no, that no, no. she owned. I wore them. I just didn't even realize they were Lululemon because I just bought them for the color, not Lululemon, unlike a lot of oh, people okay. that buy for Lululemon. But the point is, I also, while we were in Boston, went to the Peloton store and they had like a 40% yeah. off sale. So I ended up buying like the new Peloton apparel. That's okay. the same fabric. And I didn't realize I had. So then I'm sitting there looking at them side by side. And I and I will say this. They <laughs> they looked identical. Like they have pockets really? in the same place on the sides. They have yeah. a, a pocket on the back band in the exact same place. The seaming is the same. The fabric is almost identical feeling. And the bra is exactly the same. I mean, it. it other than the fact that one has Lululemon on it and one does not, they look identical. The fabric is slightly what? different, but I don't know that the average person would know that. Really, seriously. What did I read about? Like, I didn't look at any of the garments. Yeah, I, and I didn't buy them. But anyway, shocking. <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I thought I read something about one bra had extra mesh material or something. No. If, if that's the case, I did not see it. 
I mean, just granted, I didn't like take a tape measure and look for extra fabric or anything, but I just laying them side by side, like everything, everything construction to my eye looked the same. So is pocket placement really like that groundbreaking? I mean, in leggings, it is for sure. There's a finite number of places where you can put a pocket. But they didn't used to have pockets at all. And I think the fact that this one has and the seams are the same, like there's different ways you can construct a garment so that like. Like, for instance, you know, you don't get the dreaded uh, cover your ears, kiddos, camel toe. Right. And so uh, depending on where the seams are, that can make a difference. And that's just one example of how you want to be careful with the seams. And I have no like my limit. You hide I have the camel a- toe by putting a pocket there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called my, kangaroo. No, toe. no, no. Because <laughs> no. you got a pouch right there. That's how that works. <laughs> I'm basically high fashion. My a lot of people don't know this. My middle name, Gucci. <laughs> and had they done that, there'd be no lawsuit. Right, right, right John. Here's a, here's a pocket for your hoo ha. <laughs> well, there you go. We can solve this. Peloton, yes. put a pocket with your hoo ha. <laughs> all good. Done. No, but like, I really don't know if that's all there is to it. I'm just saying that. Don't put your heart rate monitor in it. Though. <laughs> Jesus. What? Stop. <laughs> Maybe do I don't know <laughs> Maybe you do Hey Okay You do you Oh my god what? Focus Focus <laughs> you okay. You're the one that started bringing up hoo-hahs I, I was just... How do you expect me to focus now? Alright I give <laughs> Over to you John Fix this Fix this <laughs> I was just asking the question in the article Is this a good look Bad look you know, like I—that was what I would ask you, my my group. Like, is this a good look, bad look, or does no? Does anyone care? Is it just I, like humor? Like for me, it's just—I don't you know, know. It kind of like, seems to me like it's just a means to get money in the end. I don't think the average consumer yeah. cares. I think this is yeah. something that Peloton and Lululemon will go round and round about. But I think at the end of the right. day, the average person is just like, "You selling leggings? Here's my money." Yeah, like, <laughs> I agree. I, I, That's I, what I think too. Yeah, I, I don't think mo- most people care. I also wonder, speaking real quick about the, there's been lots of sales on on Peloton apparel lately, and uh, I wonder if they're using that as a way to uh, generate revenue quickly. You know, like yeah. they drop they they drop the price, and the price is high enough where you drop it. It's still, I'm sure, the markup still. Especially Real. when you're, you're it's all yeah. it's all one thing now, right? right. Like they don't have to split right. it. So like right. they're probably looking at it and right. go like we can price this stuff like we did before. We can drop it in half and we're probably keeping as much money as we did previously because we don't yeah. have to split it. It's like when you sell something on Groupon. If I sell yeah. a ticket on Groupon, well, I think I can, you know, I can if I do the sale through my own list, I don't have to split the money and I can actually have a lower ticket price, but keep more of the money. Like, I wonder if right. they're using that to, like, get quick cash influxes. I think I don't right. know about cash influxes, but I do think that they're trying to get more product out there as quickly as possible, because there have been a lot of people that say, oh, I don't like the new fabrics. Like, to me, they don't look any different. I think that they're good, but I feel like there are people that don't agree with that. And there are people that push back and say that it's not the same quality as before, etc. And so I think they're trying to get it as in front of as many people as possible to get rid of that notion. So I got a question on it. And I think I think this is something that's probably asked in one of the other articles. And that is, is anybody buying this stuff that isn't like a Peloton fanatic? No, no. Like um, I, right? the brand hasn't reached the point like 
where somebody's like, I don't own or use Peloton, but I want Peloton leggings. I'm not saying there's right. nobody out there, but, but like, why? Not a, I can't imagine that there's a significant number of people that just see Peloton as a brand name in the same way that you do Nike or Adidas. Agreed. Pe- people are wearing right. it's. It's really. It's more like buying a Van Halen T-shirt. You're, yes. You're right. buying it because you like Van Halen. Right. You're not buying it because of the quality of the shirt. Right. So when I hear that, then I start thinking like I know from a court perspective, like it probably doesn't change anything. But like I, I kind of saw Lululemon in, in in a sense, just like, you know, another major brand like a Nike that, you know, could be anybody buying that. Whereas from a Peloton perspective, I figured you were probably in that Peloton ecosystem with a bike or some type of a product. That's why you would see that. And thus, I don't know, does that change that kind of the credence and credibility think, of the case at all? I think maybe it could, because honestly, like, you know, the reason you could have a Peloton Adidas collaboration is because Adidas was the clothing line and Peloton right. was Van Halen, mm-hmm. right? Right. You know, and right. when you buy a Van Halen shirt, you're not like, hey, is this a Hanes shirt or is this a <laughs> right. Gildan? Right. Like, right. you're just like, I'll take yeah. the Van Halen shirt. Right. And you will never see, I wouldn't think, a Lululemon and Adidas collaboration. Right, right. Because they're right. like, but we already sell clothes. We don't need But exactly. I think, I think the counterpoint to that is, but then they bought Mirror and then it became a thing, right? Because now they're in direct competition with Peloton and I think... I think they weren't in direct competition on the clothing line, but I think I think in their mind, Peloton went too far and crossed that line of copying what they did. So now now it's on, you know, like Mm. to me, that's where they cross the line because they have the mirror stuff, too. It's on like Crazy Kong, (laughs) which was the knockoff of Donkey Kong. (laughs) Was it really? It was. I was trying to figure it out. Uh, Yeah, I didn't know where we were going. There was really a game called Crazy Kong. It would always freeze up on like the fifth screen. Mm. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. Was that maybe it was just a Missouri thing? But yeah, there was a game called Crazy Kong. Donkey Kong. And and then you got to play Crazy Kong. It was like the knockoff of Donkey Kong. It looked just like it. It was probably from some. It was probably like the Czechoslovakian version or something. (laughs) But but yeah, like it's a thing. Okay. It is a thing. It's kind of like when you're playing Pac Man back in the day and then Atari came out with Pac Man and it was like, that ain't. That ain't Pac Man. <laughs> that Pac Man was awful. <laughs> that Pac Man was horrible. I remember how excited you were when they're like, oh, I can play a Pac Man on the Atari 2600. And then you get the Pac Man right. home and you're just like, he didn't even, like, when you went Pac-Man. corners, he didn't even change directions. He just always, like, when right. he was going up, he was still facing to the left. He was still like that. Right. Yeah. That was some bullshit. <laughs> I felt we you know sound real old right about yeah, now. You, know you guys that are. Real. You are. I'm not even gonna lie. You know like, that scene in A Christmas Story where he like gets his decoder ring and yeah. then he's like, it's an ad for Ovaltine. Yeah, yeah. that's how a generation of kids felt when Pac-Man when they played the Atari Pac-Man. That is exactly how I felt when yes. I got my little Pac-Man cartridge. I was like, that ain't Pac-Man. This is not Pac-Man. <laughs> I felt that way. Yeah, it was I. Bad. I'm glad we worked through that today. We have both We're of still you. Upset about it. <laughs> it's still hitting me in my heart right yes. here. I, Chris, I, I can tell. Hurts. It was not Pac-Man. They should Pac-Man. be ashamed. Ashamed oh of what they did. They know what they did. They know what they did. They know. So moving along, <sighs> you Are also we? had a uh, an article kind of just outlining uh, the development of. <laughs> The strength space. Yeah. You had some interesting you know, dates I in just, here. Yeah. I just post stuff 
so that we can start a conversation. So we're continuing yeah. that conversation. So just for people who aren't yeah. looking, you know, we've got 2014 Peloton released the first connected fitness bike in 2017. Nordic track released the first electromagnetic strength device. But August of 2018, Tonal released the first electromagnetic strength device with AI. That was good. Amen. Yes. <laughs> September 18th, so that same year, Mirror releases the first fitness mirror. In February of 2020, Tempo releases the first strength mirror with form correction and rep counting. Now, June 2020, Lululemon acquires Mirror. July 2020, Tonal adds computer vision, which is amazing. And then yes. September 2020, with the with two billion in free cash, Peloton <laughs> John, CEO John Foley said in an interview when asked about possible strength acquisitions, "That's not there's not that many awesome innovation technology companies in the fitness category. One of the reasons Peloton is doing well is there just hasn't been that much innovation or capital or software or content for that matter going into the fitness category. We will be." acquisitive when it makes sense but it's more a shallow pool of targets than you want it to be yeah i just was trying to do the outline yeah because i remember when when steve ballmer you know came out and he's like an iphone yeah Yeah. it doesn't have a keyboard right and then then, you know you've got a moto cue people you'll be fine right right i mean remember when you know blackberry was like the big thing and then iphones came out and there was like the big debate i mean i I think it's worth noting i I think that the timeline it's worth it to ask the question it's worth it to talk through it because because as we've been talking about peloton is an amazing company they have the bike which was an amazing innovative product But yes. but what comes next? What are they doing? You know, what's going to happen with the guide? What's going to happen with with all the new things like the the boxing? We'll get to more of the boxing later in the episode. But like, how does that play into the guide? How does that play into the AI? What's going to happen with the gaming? Right. So I, I hear this as you asking, like, wh- what's Peloton needs to be careful. It's it's like a history lesson, but it's also it's like we can lesson. see it happening in real time, too. So it's fascinating. Yeah, if you kind of look at that timeline, it makes you wonder. I mean, maybe those things end up not being anything all that um, you know, transformational. And But it makes you wonder if like the machine learning and the AI and with the computer vision and all, will that turn out to be a transformational thing? And then does with all that stuff in the timeline, does that make that statement that John Foley made in whatever it was, June or whatever of 2020, sound a little kind of uh, misguided or kind of at a different step with innovation does it make it sound that way so that was the question i was posing right? yeah and i guess i guess as as i'm sure you noted in there that you know time will tell only time will tell time how will this tell. will all you know kind of pan out but it is an it is an yeah. interesting conversation point so yeah, i thought it was worth sharing yeah and then uh finally you had some interesting thoughts about uh just treadmills and their future in the peloton pantheon mm-hmm. yeah this was this, this is the okay so i was checking out money dj which is a taiwanese kind of site and, and since they're local to rexon which is one of peloton's manufacturers they they tend to report on things that are going on with rexon so they just made a, a statement about the fact just something we already i think knew is that they say the customer which they're referring to peloton you know doesn't have a need for as much manufacturing for tread as of course for bike. Like that's not all, you know, that's not news. Like we knew that, 
But it made me think it's like, okay, we've heard Peloton talk about the fact that they they know running is a, a space they want to get into. There's a lot of runners more than there are bikers. And and so if they get into this space, this they should be able to kind of uh, expand. Um, so if that's the case, and we are, we've seen how bike kind of just exploded, took some time, but it kind of exploded. And there's like a magic to the bike. I think, you know, most Peloton riders would say there's, there's some type of magic to that that makes you want to get back on, get into the, I always thought it was just the content, but if, if the tread isn't kind of taking off like the bike did, is that just because it's going to take time? Is it because there's something about that magic that's very specific to a bike and this doesn't happen with a tread? Is it because people will just use digital and they can use any treadmill and that's why it's just, it's not the same as the bike? Like, so I was just kind of posing a bunch of questions about that fact that, you know, bike is, you know, highly sought after. But tread- also, also people who have purchased a treadmill, they probably don't need to buy a treadmill soon. You know, there's a lot, there's just like a, if you've bought an exercise bike in the, in the past with, there are exceptions to this. I'm just making a general statement. You probably did not buy the top of the line expensive bike until you came to Peloton. But with a treadmill, you might have already bought a more, not necessarily Woodway expensive top of the line, but you might have invested $2,000 into a treadmill in the past, you're going to wait till that yeah. bad boy's dead. You're not going to be purchasing another one nearly as quickly as you would other fitness equipment. I think that's yeah. part of it. I think there's another aspect, which is that um, spinning already existed and had had solidified its place in the world of fitness. And and I think treadmills. I think I think there's a lot of people that don't see the need for assistance. They're like, I get on and I run. Like, what do I need yeah. you for? And so I think there. So when so while the content is is as good, I think there's a lot of people that feel like a lot of avid runners who are like, now nah, I'm good. Like I don't yeah. I don't need your help. And so where spin already had been firmly established of like, no, 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 you need the help and 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 it's fun and there's good instruction. I think a lot of runners are just like, I, I don't need you. I so why would I pay yeah. all this extra money when I can just hop on the tread and do it myself? And I, I think that's the obstacle that they're going to one, have. One more thought mm-hmm. on that is that I think there's a lot of people in the Peloton community that are past the age of 40. And there's always been a stigma of like, if you if you're 40, you probably shouldn't start running like that's not a that's not a great time to start running. That's usually around the time people end their running careers, or at least change how they interact with running. Um, And so not that they have to not that they should. I'm just saying that tends to happen. Um, It can be rough on your joints. Exactly. It can be rough on your joints. So I think that that's another thing. You have this really expensive item and then you have the average person buying expensive items being an a person who's 40 plus and yeah. so so like you don't necessarily want to invest all this money in something you're not even sure how often you're going to use like can my joints handle it do i only need to stick to walking i don't know what i can do right. what i can't do so i think there's yeah. i think there's a lot of things going into that i agree i think you're probably probably both right i was but which one of us is more right pick <laughs> I'm not answering that on this. I, I'm 
not getting in trouble. I learned this one. <laughs> we know it's me. Go on. <laughs> Remember, I told you at the beginning of this, I didn't call Erica from that. Actually, I learned some things. But um, I kind of I was expecting like there was this. I've never been able to really come to a conclusion on what that magic is in the bike. Again, I always kind of thought it's something with the content, but there's something there that's magical. And I just kind of thought that just kind of rolls into the tread. Right. And then everybody's just. Gonna I mean, to me, it does, tread. because because I do get that same in fact, I think I get more out of the tread than I do the bike because I've really yeah. learned to enjoy running. But th the content is magical to me. You know, it's in the same way yeah. that the bike is. But but I also think that not everybody likes to listen to the instructors. Like Tom said, you know, I, I like learning to run because I, it has changed how I run. It's changed my form. Yeah. Not everybody wants that, you know, or they yeah. think that I or more importantly, they think they don't need it. Yeah. But, but I think, think it's also important yeah. to remember that Peloton's really only been pushing the tread for like three months. Like they really haven't. They haven't really been pushing sales on the tread. It's early. It right? is. It's, we're still it's still young. It's still early. Yeah, that's a good point. But I think that's there's definitely room for it to take off. They just they need to be focused on it in a way that they don't entirely seem to be at the moment. I don't know that yeah. they'll ever be focused again. There's just too many. There's too many things yeah. that they do now. There's too many disciplines. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. Well, thank Absolutely. you, John, for joining us. Uh, until next week, where can people find you? Well, they can find me on Facebook in my page or group, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on Instagram, Run, Lift, and Live. They can find me on the tickety talk. Run, lift, and live, or they can find me at runliftandlive.com. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so Thank much. You. Talk to you guys later. Talk to you later. Bye. Clip out. So Tonal has just announced that they have now partnered with Amazon Music. So there's a new way to listen to music on your Tonal. Right. So that means you have Apple Music, Amazon Music, and their radio stations that are already built in. So cool. The Tonal helps you train smarter so you can get stronger faster. It's like having an entire gym and personal trainer in your home. It's the smart gym that knows your limits and then pushes them higher. Their patented digital weight system senses your strength and adjusts the weight automatically in real time so you can get the most out of every workout. And it doesn't just a little tiny bit. You don't even realize that you're lifting more until suddenly you're so jacked you're buying new clothes. <laughs> Which literally happened to you. <laughs> also, I love getting to know the instructors live. It's fun to hear their personal stories and I love, love, love getting a shout out. No matter your experience Experience level tonal has thousands of personalized workouts from strength training to hit yoga boot camp bar and more and they help you unlock your strongest self try tonal the smartest home gym for 30 days in your home tonal is so confident you'll love it they offer a full money back guarantee you can now get tonal from 63 dollars per month and zero percent interest over 48 months visit www.tonal.com and for a limited time get 100 dollars off when you use promo code the clip out at checkout that's www.tonal.com promo code the clip out tonal be your strongest. Getting the psychological edge with Dr. Jen.
Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen, her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hi. Hey. I just, I couldn't get out of my bike. Okay. <laughs> she's still clipped in. She's still clipped in on the clip out. <laughs> well, that's perfect. You're in, you're in the right exactly. place. <laughs> if, if this is how you do it, you're going to do your segments on the bike. It's like, now I want to start a podcast about unicycling. <laughs> You know, I don't know that my balance is that good. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend clipping into that. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess technically that does only have one wheel. I know it only has one wheel, so, but it's not balanced on that. Well, I'm just wheel. saying technically it is a unicycle. I, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. Okay. Question. <laughs> Okay, quickly, I will get away from this or we'll be down this rabbit hole forever. But uh, Paul Olich has a question for you. He says that he struggles with getting on the bike on a regular basis. How does he motivate himself for the first minute of a workout over the long term? He goes in streaks. Yeah, a few things. One is I would recommend setting up a reward for yourself that whatever it is, let's say if your goal is to do however many days in a row, or you create your plan and you say, okay, um, I want to make sure that I arrive, let's say three times a week for a month at the end of the month, if you have done your 12 times that you let yourself get like some Peloton apparel or like something that is exercise related that will make exercise even more enjoyable. So that's one thing. Um, Another thing is to uh, take a live class because I don't know about you guys, but once I check that box of I'm in, I'm in, my house could be on fire and I'm going to flip in and I'm going to show up because I've I've checked that box. Um, Another thing is, to if you have any other friends in the Peloton community, even if you've never met them, to make a plan to ride together. Definitely. And, and to say like, hey, like I'll meet you on the bike. I'll look for you on the leaderboard or like, hey, text when you're on your bike. Another thing is in general, in the bigger pictures to have a workout partner. And I remember in the late 90s, I read a study about people who ran marathons. And they found that people who ran with friends were significantly more likely to complete the marathon. And so at the time, it had been a life goal of mine to one day run a marathon. I was like, I don't care if I crawl. I don't care if I walk. I want to complete a marathon. And so I went out to like 20 friends. And this this is before the internet. So like I actually all people and talk to them on the phone like we did in the old days. And I, got, and I ended up getting, I think it was like 10 people started, 10 people committed. And by the end, by the time the marathon came, there was one person left. Oh, but wow. We had, we had trained the entire year together and we got very close. We became really, really good friends. We learned so much about each other. We had been through so much running in the cold, the rain, the dark, all that sort of stuff. But the point is that that camaraderie and that accountability can really make a very big difference. The other thing is to look at how you talk to yourself. When I don't want to get on the bike, 
the thing I always tell myself is I think of exercise as medicine for longevity. And as we've talked about, one of my goals is to live a really long time. That's something that really motivates me to train. And so sometimes what I will say to myself, if I don't feel like getting on is just take your medicine, just get on the bike. And I think of it as my medicine for living a long life. So that's kind of another way. And then the other thing is most of us find that once we get on, we're, we're committed and that just tolerating that it's hard to get on the bike, that it's hard to start and saying like, that's okay. Like, it's okay that it's hard to get on the bike. It's okay that it's hard to start, but I can do this and I've done it. I've had a hundred times where it's been hard to start and then somehow I do it. And that's really awesome. And that's a really cool thing about me. So really use it to kind of give yourself respect that you are so awesome that even when you don't feel like doing it, you get on the bike and you do it. So I, I think that those are kind of some of the key elements that can kind of help you get past this. I think the I think those are all good and I I would just add if you if you start a class and it's just not hitting don't get off the bike try a different class because sometimes it's just not the right you didn't find the right match. It's okay to pivot. It is okay to pivot. Yeah, and I do think that doing class searches by music by instructor by whatever it is that turns you on it can really help and also on days where it's you're struggling more, you know what? Do a search for the easiest class. Yes. Like do it for the highest rated class. Do a search based on something specific that you really like. You know, maybe you're just really into Dennis Morton's reset classes. So like take those, but really try to cater to where you are mentally and emotionally. I tend to find that when I take the time to really pick the class thoughtfully, I always end up in the class that provides me with exactly the message and exactly the workout that I really needed. Awesome. Yeah, I think that's, that's true. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, for all of that until next time, where can people find you? You can find me on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, at Dr. Jen Man, two ends on Jen, two ends on Man, and I post all of my Peloton workouts on Insta Stories, so you can check them out every day there. Um, and you can also find me on InStyle Magazine. I have a weekly sex and relationship column called the called Hump Day with Dr. Jen. Man, there is nothing worse than when you buy a pair of sunglasses. And then you lose or break them. I would agree. So what do we do about that? Well, that's where Gooder comes in. Their sunglasses are $25 each. So nobody likes to throw away $25, but it's a lot better than throwing away 100 or more dollars on a pair of broken sunglasses, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I have to say that's not my favorite part about Gooder. My favorite part about Gooder is that when I run, they don't slip, they don't bounce, and they're 100% polarized. Um, and they also come in... In like a million different colors and styles. For your $25, you're not sacrificing comfort, safety, or style. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving the Clip Out listeners free shipping on their first order. Just go to gooder.com slash TCO. That's G-O-O-D-R.com and use code TCO to get free shipping. Gooder offers a 30-day money-back guarantee and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com slash TCO and use code TCO to get free shipping. 
If you're looking to avoid carbs, it's always a challenge trying to find bread that fits in with your keto lifestyle. Right, because you want to make sure that it tastes good and you want to make sure it has good ingredients. So I think Hero Bread does both. Especially when you're in the store, you are overwhelmed with bread choices. Yes. And I've had other breads before that claim to have low net carbs and you are certainly sacrificing taste texture size yes none of that with hero bread no because sometimes on the ones that have the low net carbs they have like no substance to it (laughs) it's like eating air it is and hero bread actually really tasted good and it felt like a solid piece of bread like i did not feel like i was giving up something i was surprised at how big each slice of bread was here's the real test of a piece of bread (laughs) i didn't make a sandwich with these I just had toast Which you love Because you have toast Almost every day I do It was the (laughs) best textured Bread of this sort That I've ever had And if you're doing the math It's zero to one grams Of net carbs Zero gram sugar And high in fiber So don't give up Being a breadhead. Hero Bread Is offering 10% Off your order Go to Hero.co And use code TCO at checkout That's TCO At H-E-R-O Dot C-O New instructors Well, welcome to the Peloton family, Logan Aldridge. Yeah, and he is the first adaptive training specialist. So uh, he is going to at first be a consultant. And my understanding is that at some point in a later date, he is going to be a Peloton instructor as well. And his name, he sounds like he's a character in a John Grisham novel. See, I thought he sounded like a superhero. Logan Aldridge. Superheroes, they have lots of... uh, Alliteration Mm, Wally mm, West Clark Kent That's always I mean you get Bruce Wayne But still Well it's either way It's very cool Uh, I love seeing the Adaptive athletes And seeing all the Different ways that That they Literally adapt To be able to do The workouts That that work for them It's amazing Yeah and then he already Had a couple articles Out there uh, Shape magazine Not Michelle K Don't know what that's about I don't know We're, We're worried about you Michelle Yeah But they had an interesting article just about uh, Logan and his background, as did uh, Men's Health. Yeah. And and they both, you know, just to summarize, they both talked about that, that that he is the first adaptive instructor over at Peloton. Um, and, and Logan has been uh, in very involved in the CrossFit game. So for those of you who are interested in CrossFit, I think this could be a really good fit with Peloton. Peloton in the news. Peloton has finally revealed boxing. I guess you could say it's about time. Huh? <laughs> See, See what, what I did you there? did there? Yeah. I did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's interesting how they introduced this one. Because this time around, uh, they have a two-week program. So if you want to take the classes within the boxing, like the new the new type of class, right. you can only get it if you join the program. If And the way that the programs work is that you take one class at a time. So you take a class and then it unlocks the next class. Oh, okay. You can't just like, you can skip one class, but you can't, you can't just like skip all the way to the end. Gotcha. You have to skip one class at a time and you can only do one week at a time. So this is going to be a two week program. It's called Get Hooked Peloton Boxing Program. And you can get it on the app, the bike or the tread. It's, uh, it's all shadow boxing. And I hear 
for now that it's shadow boxing and that um, it probably will have something to do with that guide, which we had talked about months and months and months ago when sure. we first talked about the guide coming out. And um, also, I think that you can expect to see more classes. This is just the first set. And and so if you want to see more, take these. Right. I skipped the very first class because it was literally all the basics. And I, I got that. I mean, I've been doing fight camp for a long time. Right. Also, I used my bag because I don't like to punch air because you so. got one yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I took Rad's class and it was taking like starting to do combos and the first like 10 minutes are really good about breaking down each of the different moves that you're going to be doing into small combos and then the last 11 minutes is is really intense which is exactly how it should be um, it was very very good instruction so um, I think that if people are interested in learning about boxing and learning about the moves used in a boxing gym Peloton does have you covered right now the instructors that are teaching are rad lopez selena samuela and of course kendall kendall tool so that's just to start i believe more instructors will be added along the way and of course more classes coming and then uh, self.com had an article about five things to know before you take the new peloton boxing classes Yeah, and this article was highlighted by Selena, and she talks about the fact that even if you already know the basics, you should still go through the first week of classes because I know (laughs) I was like, oops, (laughs) already skipped that first one, Selena. Um, But but really, it it talks about how it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's never bad to go back and do basics and they want people to be safe. They want people to be safe as they try this. So please do follow that. Something that was very interesting, be prepared to focus. So a lot of times when you're taking a cycling class, your mind kind of wanders. I don't do that so much with running. Uh, I really listen to what the instructor is saying when I run. But I know a lot of people do. It's their meditative time. They come up with a lot of really great ideas on the on the bike as well. Yeah. And um, this is not that. So boxing is going to you need to be really in the zone. So I thought that was very good advice. And also dress in supportive, very important ladies, yet comfortable exercise gear. Men. Yes, yes, that's true. Um, And your hair will like if you wear gloves at all and you actually punch something, you will have static. So be prepared for that. Uh (laughs) And not a concern I have on for two reasons. (laughs) Also, they suggest embracing the challenge to hone your confidence. Absolutely. You know, it it can be intimidating if you think that you're going to get hit. You're not going to get hit with shadow boxing. It's okay. And if you do, it's by a shadow. Right. So you're good. Even I can beat up a shadow. Totally. But they also suggest stacking the boxing with other workouts. And all of these workouts thus far are 20 minutes for the first week and then 30 minutes for the second. So I definitely think stacking is a good idea. 30 minutes can be a lot, but the the first week, especially when you're learning and you're going pretty slow the first 10 minutes, you you definitely probably you need to add more to that workout if you're if it's a day that's not like a rest day for you. yeah. Yeah. Don't think you're going to go in and get your whole workout done in 20 minutes. With well, that can first you week. do shadow boxing on a light day? Because uh, yeah. the light would drown out the shadow. I can't believe you did that with straight face. <laughs> I, was, I don't know why you can't believe that. I, I didn't. I didn't see it coming. I should have. I should. Every once in a while, I can still sneak one by you. Yeah. Peloton uh, this week was commemorating International Day with Disabilities. Yeah, International Day of Persons with Disabilities. There we go. I have the, <laughs> I have the Zoom screen over the part with the words. Yeah, so you were kind of guessing. I was guessing. I was like, 
<laughs> what what something here does not belong yeah yeah and uh this is the first time that they've celebrated it and it was you know really cool because they had they have a blog that you could learn about the future of accessible fitness and hear real stories from the peloton community at the link in the bio which is still out there so definitely check that out fascinating great stories out there and also uh peloton posted something from a member by the name of dustin f Uh, talking all about hearing accessibility features on the Bike Plus. Yeah, and I thought that this was uh, helpful for people. It's a good video. It actually has good personality. Sometimes these videos that people do in the stores are all so dry. Uh, This one's good. has really good personality. So I recommend that people check it out, especially because a lot of us know people that have, you know, they have a hearing. They have different levels of hearing. So to be able to see all of the accessibility features, what they can do, what they can't do, and one place is super helpful so marketing vp big shot head honcho she's got an official title i think that's it (laughs) super vp that's what we're gonna call it okay uh (laughs) she sat down with uh salesforce and their youtube her name is dara dara sorry i forgot i didn't say her name yeah (laughs) i was was so focused on getting her job title correct i know i forgot to say her name so my apologize (laughs) my apologies super vp marketing chief important person yes well she sat down to talk about how peloton is changing fitness by building community and there's been a lot of conversation about this since since dara has started and i think that she has been very focused on that and i think they're doing a good job at telling that story absolutely and so the link to that video uh, will be in this week's newsletter if you want to check that out go to theclipout.com and sign up for our newsletter there and watch the whole thing clip out so uh, joining us again via the magic of YouTube, it's Angelo from MetPro. Hi. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> so we don't have a question this week. It's really <laughs> more of a confession. So we did our, thanks- our Thanksgiving trip, and uh, I did not MetPro it at all. I mean... It wasn't great. We we At really all. had good intentions. We we had intentions to only have one bad meal a day. And that and, bad meal was seven and a half hours long. And then <laughs> and our intention was also that we would exercise every day. And then we got to the hotel and uh, they didn't even have like a microwave. They didn't even have vending machines oh. at this hotel. Like there oh. was nothing at this hotel. So we were shopping at the CVS. We went to the CVS every day and that was our breakfast, lunch and dinner uh, when we weren't eating out at a restaurant. <laughs> okay. Okay. Was, we can work with this. Okay. Well, it was not our finest moment. It was not. We went no. up to the- <laughs> You either you you either what is it you win or you learn. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take behind what's behind door number two, folks. <laughs> so the and occasionally you have one of those uh, you know trips where nothing goes as planned. You don't end up eating at the restaurant you expect you're gonna be at. You don't end up with the people you expect you're gonna be at, and the hotel's different from what you had planned. So I get it. I totally get it. Sure. It's never um, the damage is not done in one meal. So I have people ask me this all the time. Like they just signed up. I'm ready to go. Like, but Angelo. I have this family or this night with the guys or the night out with the girls uh, coming up in three weeks. And I'm really nervous about it. It's like, what? And I interrupt them. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) 
don't care. I don't care. It's it's but it's important because I'm trying to make a point. Right. One meal doesn't matter. One meal does not matter. It's the it, it it's the 48 meals between now and then that I want to bat 85% on. See if we can do that, then we're good. Then we're golden. The problem is, and here's the ironic part, and we have the data and the stats to to back this up. Most people, when they have a, a weekend away, most people actually run into problems the week after. Because oh. what happens, they take a, a long weekend and maybe they have a bad meal or two, but then they get back and they're short on time because, the, you know, the last week was a three-day week and now they have deadlines, they have extra work. So now it's days two, day three, where leftovers are happening or like what happened to you guys hitting the CVS for breakfast, lunch, <laughs> right. dinner, you know, that's where the, <laughs> that's where the trouble happens. Um so quick tips, quick tips for next time. You're never going to get it perfect. The idea is next time it happens, we just shave a percent or two off. It's a little better each time. So the number one thing is you get right back on track when you get home and in routine. Uh, Tom, that's exactly what you did. And I how did. many pounds back down are you already? I, I lost like within the first, uh, what the, I think like within the first four, three days, I lost like eight or nine pounds. Right. Like, because I, you know, right. I, normally that would not be good. You know, right. You know what I mean, right, I right. Like, <laughs> I mean right. some people freak out when we talk about weight loss. They're like, don't ever talk about yeah. weight loss. And I'm just like, well, it's, okay, it's basically, Pollyanna. It's basically but, water weight at this point. Yeah, so. but, but like I had kind of gone on a, on a mini binge. And so I, I corrected and it came, right. it came off like super fast. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. So that's, that's the key, getting right back into routine. And then it ends up serving as this mini little up adjust. No, it wasn't desirable. But <laughs> what happens is at least if you get back on track, your metabolic rate is revved up, you get right back on track, it's not going to do permanent damage. The permanent damage happens when now all your glycogen stores are replenished. So you're full. In other words, you have all the sugar stored inside muscles, uh, you know, banked for later, and then you don't get back on track. There's nowhere for the excess to go. This and you is a little bit of an on top of it. It goes on top of right. it, right? We call that body fat. <laughs> <laughs> top of the muscle. <laughs> so that's where it's just getting back on track is the number one thing. So now let's talk about a little bit of nuance. So if you are stuck with having to go to a grocery store for food, ideally look for a grocery store that has a deli section. You can even, if you think ahead and bring just a can opener with you, you can go to literally any grocery store and worst case scenario, you could get some healthy canned food in a pinch. Problem with that is usually doesn't taste good. Right. Deli counter food tastes good and you can at least get close. And that's what I try and get my traveling clients used to is you're going to hit a pinch where you need fast food. Don't do a drive through, do a walk in grocery store to the deli counter. You'll end up spending about the same, but you can go, oh, I want, you know, a, a half a pound of the, that vegetable medley, half a pound of this, you know, turkey breast, et cetera, et cetera. You're golden. The last thing is if you can, and this is something that our coaches do, of course. If you know what hotel you're staying at, you can actually check ahead. Now, it doesn't sound like this particular hotel was one that had a, a room service menu. But a lot of people just assume room service, there's nothing healthy on that. Um, 
usually there's one or two items. You can always get a salad. Uh, the key is if you think ahead and you plan, you either pick up or you have with you a good salad dressing. The other option is you can order something like a, a veggie omelet and you can't, you're not going to get yourself into too much trouble. And sometimes that's what I tell clients to do when I know they're going to go out to dinner at a restaurant where they're not going to have a lot of great options. I tell them just eat light, you know, order yourself a salad for dinner. When you get back to the hotel, get room service to drop off a veggie omelet. It's very filling. It's mostly protein. Works really good. Yeah, the problem um, so we ran into with room service at this particular place is it was all like super fancy. And so there was like, uh, yeah. there was like, it was like, oh, you can get an omelet with an ostrich egg or something. <laughs> I don't know. It was something weird like that. And I'm just like, I like, like 80% of what was in the omelet, I couldn't even pronounce. Yeah. Not because it was like, normally that's because it's chemicals. This was because it was so fancy. Yeah. And I'm just Got like, it. I'm not going to eat any of this. Yeah. I, why, just bring me an egg, man. See, Don't make it, it weird. it had just been me, Angelo, it would have been fine. It would have no been fine. Yeah. <laughs> you travel with that weirdo. Right. You know? And I'm like. We end up at CVS at 2 a.m. Buying Oreo Pop-Tarts. <laughs> So big picture, here's <laughs> even when you have blowout weekends, the idea is you shouldn't be gaining 10 pounds. And so the reason that's going to happen is as we're, so Tom, we're right mid what we call up adjust or metabolic revving cycle. So your body's not super sensitive, but you're kind of in that halfway spot. If we had you at the very tippy top of your up adjust cycle, Ideally, a weekend like this happens, you pick up a couple pounds, you know, two and a half pounds, and it's gone within 48 hours. But the nice thing is that your metabolic rate, we're tracking that. So we knew that when you got back, it's not, oh, no, what, you know, roll of the dice, what's going to happen? No, we knew it's going right. to come right back down because we're tracking your metabolic rate and your responsiveness. So I knew it was going to come right back down. And I will say and the way I did things prior to Metpro when I was doing it on my own, if I gained 10 pounds, I'd be looking at a month. Yeah, that's to, true. To, to get that back off. So yeah. it's I still have that moment of like, oh, no, <laughs> what have I done? So did Angelo. Yes. <laughs> No, Tom, what have you done? Yes. Life happens. The key is routine. And that's why, you know, I, I told you guys this story again. I told it today on a, uh, I was doing another interview and, you know, I have two clients. Client A is, you know, oh, I didn't have anything ready to go. I didn't have anything planned, but I stopped by the store. I managed to make good choices and I eat through the day without eating any junk food. Person B says, I had my breakfast because I shopped in advance. I had my snack and my lunch ready to go and I took it with me. But on the way home, I stopped at grandma's house and I caved because she was making apple pie. I want you to be person B because person B has the foundation in place for leverage. I can do something with that. If you have a routine that we can anchor to, now I can build on that. If you have those snacks prepped, if you have some lunch ready to go, if you have a routine in place that's healthy for you, we have the tools to control your metabolism versus letting it control us. So anyhow. Awesome. Well, if people would like this sort of uh, advice crafted <laughs> personally for them, where can they find you? They can go to metpro.co slash TCO. Awesome. Thank you. 
Instructors in the news. Daniel McKenna is back. Woo! He's back on the tread. He's a funny guy. I missed him while he was gone. You like your funny Irish guys. I do. <laughs> I do. It's true. <laughs> Not built like that, but I bet I'm funnier. Uh, well, I think I think you're getting closer to being built like that every day. <laughs> I was afraid you were saying I was getting closer to being funnier. I was going to be upset. No, you're always funnier, honey. Phew. And and I don't I haven't met Daniel, so I don't know how smart he is, but but you are one of the smartest people I have ever met in my life. So smart and funny. You need to meet more people. <laughs> well, we are glad that Daniel is back. I am glad Daniel's back. Welcome back, Daniel. The manual.com uh, talked to Kristen McGee about mindfulness. Yeah. And, and so basically it's a how to practice mindfulness. And according to the expert, the expert is Kristen. There you go. Um, and so this goes through like a list of things that you can do to be more mindful and I don't know about you, but December can be a challenge to be mindful. There's a lot going on. <laughs> there is a lot going on. Yeah. And she's on a bit of a mindfulness press tour because she also talked to the Long Island Herald about the same thing. Oh, and this one is uh, four ways to kick start a wellness routine. Uh, and so I believe that she's also talking about mindfulness. Yes. And Number one on that list. Mindfulness. Nice. Nice. Very good. I like seeing when the instructors get to, you know, yoga doesn't get a lot of love from a publicity standpoint. Sure. You know, so I love seeing that some of our instructors are getting some love. Past guest update. So you might remember we spoke with Andalyn Medina a month or so ago, and she was talking about her quest to be Miss America, to vanquish all the other states. <laughs> and... uh <laughs> And if you've been wondering what's up with that, well, it's been revealed when you will be able to watch that if you are so inclined. December 16th at 8 p.m. on the Peacock channel. Which, Is that like a streaming platform Yes, that's now? the new streaming platform okay. from NBC. And okay. So at like Peacock, right? The yes. NBC Peacock. That makes sense. And so, uh, yeah, so we were going to be getting that anyway because December 16th is when MacGruber hits. Oh, Will Forte is one of my favorites, and MacGruber is, I think, one of the most underrated comedies of the last decade. But we we have to watch Miss America for for Andalyn, for Andy. Sure, we'll watch her part, and then we're watching MacGruber okay. for some good old fashioned throat rips. All right. Well, if anybody wants to join us to have a little watch party, you know. Like, oh if, yeah! If there are any other MacGruber fans out there, like, just shoot me a message. I was thinking we could do both. Oh, I was okay. Thinking we could do both. Okay. <laughs> December 16th. That's what we are doing. And if you haven't watched The Last Man on Earth with Will Forte. Oh, so good. There's a show on Fox. It's so on all. Good. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, my God. It is so, so good. So good. We're rooting for you, Andy. Peloton Artist Collaboration. We have a new artist collaboration, and it is with Queen. Yes. The band. The band. Not the. I don't know that she. I mean, I'm all about senior citizens exercising but i think peloton might be a little tense for the queen of england well i don't know that she rocks out she's like, 140 years old <laughs> i don't think that's her age i so i have to call she's up. very dignified though she is she would ride her bike side saddle <laughs> she, i uh she might i have to call out the copywriters here though okay please do no one knows who invented the stadium anthem it was the beatles yeah so like it's the beatles 
I, in fact, I can. Well, t- this is probably like an 18 year old right. writing this it copy. Was, they was, don't know. It was the Beatles, and I can tell you when. It was August 15th, 1965. <laughs> it was their first show at Shea Stadium. That's when Stadium Rock was born. That's true. It's just. A fact so this is what happens When you have millennials write about classic rock It's not just millennials <laughs> it's just young People who don't know any Better they, I, cause Don't at me about millennials at Tom Yeah I don't, don't want to hear it I won't be Able to find you on the Twitter <laughs> machine <laughs> So uh, you can add me all you want well, there's some really fun classes that started this week. We've got uh, Kendall, Ben Aldis, uh, Sam Yo, Ross Rayburn, Jermaine Johnson. And oh, gosh, I'm totally blanking on the German instructor because I always see his Instagram name, Hopstedt <laughs> Trainer, and I can't remember his actual name. I so. always do that with Daniel, Eric Mc- Yeager, duh. With Daniel McKenna. I had to look it up. <laughs> oh, I had to Google like, Irish Yank. Irish Yank Peloton. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Also, uh, they haven't done Peloton Apparel for a while with the artist collaboration, so they went ahead and released a Peloton and Queen apparel collection. Yeah, I got to think that there's a a finite number of men that want to wear a shirt that says Peloton Queen. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, hey, more power to you if you do. No, I get it. I'm just thinking that... I, I understand what you're saying. Read the same way it's intended to a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. But I also know there will be some people who positively love being called a Peloton queen. Hell yeah. There's that too. I didn't buy anything from that. In case you missed it. So the sweeper says, in case you missed it, but I guess we should probably call it blink and you missed it. And that would be. Uh, what's her Marina name? Marina Angela. There we go. Marina yeah. Angela and her time with Peloton. Yeah, she wasn't here very long, but um, she posted this week. Uh, six, so it was last Saturday. I don't know. Six days ago. Last yeah. Thursday that her last class at Peloton would be on Saturday. So since we last recorded, her last class has occurred. And so a lot of people really didn't even know that she was here and they didn't know who she was. But I mean, that's fair because there's been so many instructors sure. that have been rolled out. And she specifically was teaching to the German audience. So a lot of her classes were German. And if they didn't have English subtitles, people kind of missed it. And it was for the tread, which has a smaller audience anyway. So it just keeps narrowing and narrowing and narrowing the potential people that could have interacted with her. It does. Yeah. So um, so she has moved on. And uh, she commented on her moving on. She did. And um, (laughs) I'm not sure that this was the most um, delicate professional there okay uh way to do this so she posted on a group called trail and ultra runner and uh, she said team i am on a running sabbatical after a very shitty corporate job experience and need some major inspiration for next year uh then she goes on to talk about the inspiration she needs to run 12 ultras in 2022 oof yeah that's uh okay then yeah, you can tell her age, her age is showing here, her youth, her youth is showing here. That yeah. was not, that was not a good thing. Yeah, that, some things are maybe better to just use your inside voice. Yeah, don't post in a group on Facebook. <laughs> People screenshot that shit. They do. And then also in the In Case You Missed It segment, there's an advice column in the Boston Globe. And thanks to our trip to Boston, uh, we keep getting served Boston articles. And this one... Uh, works for us and uh, says he never lets her win their peloton competitions 
should he? Yeah, and and that's the title. If you go in to read the actual question, um, it goes into a bit more about like specifics that she uses as examples. Is like he'll brag about his Alley Love output for a sixty minute ride, or or you know how much how many calories he burns. So it's like. She says that he won't let her win, but then on the other hand, she's using non-winning examples. Like, right. those aren't things you can win. It sounds like he's kind of one-upping her, that she'll be like, oh, I got an output of 48. I don't know what output numbers are. And he's like, I got 57. And that very well may be. I was going to go back and read Dr. Jen's advice on this because she weighed in and I thought it was Perfect per use. She said, I want to read the whole thing here. Mrs. Peterson needs to let her husband know that his playful teasing is taking the fun out of her rides. They need to have a conversation where they ask each other, what is the best way for me to support you with your workout plan? If he needs someone to be competitive with, he can find someone on the leaderboard, social media, a Peloton chat group. Or a friend. This does not tend to work well for a lot of husbands and wives. Amen, Dr. Jen. Yes. Amen. Yeah, lots of likes on that. <laughs> Everyone agreed with Dr. Jen. <laughs> <laughs> She's really good at this giving advice thing. I know. She should really think about it yeah. as a career. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a fun talking point. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is... Rosalind Arntzen, how's it going? It's going great. This is super exciting and great <laughs> to be doing this with you guys. Well, we're excited too. Now, tell us, Roz, because you go all over the place, back and forth. Where are you right yep. now? <laughs> right now, in St. Martin, the okay. beautiful half Dutch, half French island in the Caribbean. Okay. And you're on the Dutch side? Yes, we are. Okay. Yes. Okay. And she explained to me that you spell it differently depending on which side you're on. So Correct. So yeah. it's either Saint Martin or Saint Martin. Yeah, I had a where you are. I had a friend on Facebook, like a girl I hardly ever talked to. I say girl because we went to high school together, so she's still a girl in my head. And uh, <laughs> and she posted that she was there, but it was spelt differently, and I was like, Well, where the hell is that? Yeah. And then I went down a rabbit hole of like the history of Saint Martin, and I'm just like I guess it's the same place. It's, I never yeah. really figured it out. So I'm glad you were able to clear it up. I know. It. It's the first time I had heard that. So I was like, oh, that explains so much. And, you know, the, the weird thing is a tiny little island and it is tiny. Like it would take you probably an hour to drive around it. Yeah. It's two completely separate countries. So yeah, when that's... COVID occurred, border went up. No way. Didn't cross to the French side. And then you add to it. It's got like 400 plus restaurants on this tiny little island. <laughs> Wow. And then they were probably jonesing for business because I'm assuming it's a tourist destination. That's why there's all the restaurants, right? St. Martin has recovered really well, but it had Irma first. And then just as it was getting out of Irma, which took them about 18 months to really rebuild, along comes COVID. And of course, most of the locals, that's their industry. So right. they've done a decent job, but it's been hard. Yeah. Definitely yeah, hard. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So you've listened to these. So you know what the first yes. question is. How, how did you find Peloton and when? I have been, I mean, like I'm not an original, as they call it, or an OG, but 2017 was okay. the start of my Peloton journey. As we're talking, you'll see that there was a lot more to this journey than was just finding Peloton. I went out to lunch with a friend. I worked for Microsoft for many years, still very involved with them since I left. She was coming back off maternity leave and mentioned that she discovered this thing called Peloton. And she said, <laughs> you like cycling, spinning, don't you? Have you heard of it? And I went, no, actually haven't. She said, I think they've just opened a store in Bellevue Square, which is the east side Seattle. And I thought, ah, why don't I go along there and give it a try? 
fell in love, like <laughs> tried this bike, came home to my husband, all enthusiastic and said, I'm about to buy this bike. He said, so where does that go with the treadmill and the other bike? And the elliptical Uh-oh. that you never use downstairs. Uh-oh. And I went, well, this one's different. <laughs> you know, and you were like, like, we can I- make room for this one because I'm going to take those other ones and shove them up your ass. <laughs> Tom, I had a better answer than that. I was going to put it in the bedroom. <laughs> to which he said, so it's going to become a clothes horse ride. Uh-oh. And I was like. No, no, it won't. And in fact, I think this became a little bit of the challenge as we went along. He would put clothes on it and it was my job to get them off. He said, if I don't see that written for like a week or more, on go the clothes. Uh oh. <laughs> so you'll hear a theme through what I'm talking about. You've got to find whatever your motivation is. And it can be something really silly uh-huh. and it can be something that you really have a goal. And for me, that first one was he was not going to leave the clothes <laughs> on the Peloton bike. Yes. Proving someone wrong is a hell of a motivator. It really, it really is. is. Yeah. yeah. Wow, I don't know that I've ever heard that before. So he proactively (laughs) put clothes on the bike. As a test. Oh my God, that's a little (laughs) diabolical. I kind of dig it. (laughs) Of course you do. He's very supportive, but diabolical could come into it at times. (laughs) It's a thin line. It's a very thin line. And again, as we'll talk about, I've lost a lot of weight and it's something that started along that way. I used to try and get to the gym But, you know, cycling classes for me were 5.30 a.m. I'd have to leave. I usually worked till 1 or 2 a.m. I run a small business, so that's hard. And the other next one was at 9.30. Well, I've got to be at work. So I'd be lucky if I'd get there once a week. Had a friend who taught a local spinning class. So that was somewhat motivational. But more often than not, I would text her and say, I'm too tired. I'm going to sleep in. It's Saturday. So you're not ever going to get fit or lose weight or anything going to the gym once every three weeks. No. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I the stuff downstairs didn't motivate me. It's like we tried. Because you know, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And funny you say that, Crystal, because that was my thing with strength training as well. Strength was so tedious. I would book with a trainer. I'd be literally watching that clock. Oh, God, it's only two more minutes with them. And as you probably know, I've drunk the Kool-Aid, I have Tonal, I have Peloton. And it was like Tonal changed all that. It's engaging and fun and strength was never that for me. Again, you've got to find your motivation. So my treadmill and my elliptical, and I remember one year I made a New Year's resolution that lasted about two weeks probably. (laughs) I won't watch television until I've done a workout. Oh, that's a good one though. That's a good one. Didn't work. No. Didn't work. (laughs) It's too easy to let ourselves off the hook because like life is real and it just keeps throwing crap at you. And sometimes... It's just exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about it. And, you know, I've I've run a business that I run a consulting firm. We do technology for small businesses. We also do some work for some larger corporations. And it's now 14 years. 14 years I've been running this business. But there are times I didn't know we'd make it to next month. I remember explaining once to an employee of mine, the veneer is very thin in a small business. These huge corporations, you can maybe not work for six months and they don't even notice. But when you're running a small business and someone's not pulling their weight, it's like you can go from profitable to non-profitable so quickly. And if you're running that, you're the one in charge. You're the one at top. So for me, it meant lack of sleep Mm -hmm. and work. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the Peloton quizzes they came up with they said, describe something. And I said, I was a former workaholic couch potato. And it was pretty true because I'd get back from the office. 
I'd sit on the couch, I'd watch television. By the way, I watch a lot less television these days. <laughs> and I'd be working with my laptop on my lap. And that was my day until I fell into bed. I remember and those days. I had a job like that. It was like 70 to 80 hours a week. And it's insane. Yeah. And being well, a business you know, owner is rough. Both my parents own small businesses. So like I, but you know, I the, watched it growing the, up. The thing you learn is you can fit it in. You can fit in. You don't have to work all those hours and you can still get stuff done. Yeah. Because I'm probably less involved hours wise. He's doing great. I'm a lot saner for yeah. my team and I'm still getting it done. Yeah. So it's priorities and I think you could work 24 hours a day and you still wouldn't get it all done. Right. There's always something else on the list to yeah. get done. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So you mentioned that like that your Peloton was part of a larger journey for you. And I know you had a weight loss journey. So when did that start? Like, where are we at in the timeline? <laughs> <laughs> so I always struggled with my weight. And I think there's a reason that occurred. So my mother was ill when I was little, got sick when I was about two. So her idea of recreation was read a book, watch a movie, never really made exercise part of my life. And my dad wasn't around. They split up when I was young. And so activity just wasn't something that became DNA for me. And I had moments and blips, but nothing really sustained. So I remember at university, I used to go to the gyms, et cetera, lost a bit of weight, put it back on. But it was this constant, as anyone will tell you, in a weight loss journey, you lose it, you put more on. Mm -hmm. You lose it, you put more on. And again, attempt at the treadmill, elliptical, et cetera, that were in the basement, didn't want to use them, attempt to go to the gym. And I would definitely say Peloton was the start of me really wanting to make that change. Now, look, I was lucky that I didn't have any serious health problems, mm -hmm. although having lost over 100 pounds, now in my 50s, definitely feel that I was probably a bit of a ticking time bomb. So that was sure. a way in the back of my head. But Luckily, Congratulations, by the way. Yes, totally. That's amazing. That's, Thank you. Yeah, that's a, and that's a lot. I do feel for the first time in my life, this is it. I purged my wardrobe, literally, about twice I've done it now, where it's like, I am never going to wear that stuff ever again. I feel confident, and we'll get to why I feel that confidence now. So, struggled with my weight, had moments where I lost, moments where I still remember when I lived in the UK, I did one thing where I ate 500 calories a day. Oh. And again, we all know that's not sustainable. No. It's not healthy. And of course, lost the weight, put it back on. Remember, I was maid of honor at my friend's wedding. I remember this back in 2005. And these moments come back to you where I wouldn't let one drop of champagne touch my lips. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's like, this isn't life. Food and drink, whatever, are part of life. But you've got to learn your way of managing it. So Peloton was the start, especially Crystal, because I know you read all the groups. <laughs> a lot of folk will say, I've got my Peloton. I hope I'm now going to lose X pounds. Yeah. Hate to say it, I don't think exercise alone will do it. It exercise won't. Exercise is a wonderful way to get you motivated and get you more in touch with your body, but it's nutrition. Bottom line comes down to nutrition. So I probably lost about 15 pounds with Peloton. Mm -hmm. Good. Plateaued. Stalled. So we're now summer 2018 probably. And my uncle, who is my closest relative in the whole world, my mum unfortunately passed away a few years back. Super fit guy. So this guy's in his 70s and he climbed Kilimanjaro about four years ago. Wow. So he's super fit and constantly without making me feel bad was like, you need to lose a bit of weight, some exercise, etc. And he was visiting his daughter who lives in New York, my cousin. And I was like, great to see him, mm -hmm. but maybe I can go to the Peloton studio. <laughs> then I thought, so the bug had slightly bitten, but not fully. So my first eight months, I probably did about 50 rides. Okay. So still better than I was doing, but still not super consistent if you work out how many that were eight a month. 
And so I started really writing to get, because I didn't want to be a dork. New York, they're going to make fun of me. (laughs) I totally get it. It's intimidating. You don't know what to expect the first time you walk in there. I was overweight. So Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to be an idiot. I'm self-conscious and all these skinny, gorgeous people. I have to say the Peloton studio folk could not have been nicer. That was my experience as well. (laughs) Amazing. This person said, oh, I see it's your first time. Let me show you around. And is there anything I can tell you? And I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And so I did probably in that five days, aside from seeing my uncle and my cousins, about five rides. I literally went every day. We literally had a hotel that was at that time across the road. So let's just say the bug had bitten by that point. So (laughs) I came back, I kept up the exercise, but I wasn't losing anymore. It was probably January 2019, this program called Noom in my feed. And something appealed to me about what they were saying was that it was all about get rid of the guilt. Oh my God, I've blown it today. And then you go nuts. Not that I was ever really somebody who did that, but I certainly was probably having more calories than I should have. It just, you hear a lot and you hear Dr. Jen say this, intuitive eating. Well, you know, when you've got a lot to lose... You don't have the intuition. Exactly. So Noom for me was great. And I lost another 60, 70 pounds with Noom. Now over a year and a half period, which included being in quarantine in St. Martin, because we got stuck here. A lot of weird things going on. We all know 2020, 21, actually crazy years. So I got another chunk of weight off and stalled again. And this is another thing. You see people go, I'm going to lose weight by a certain date. Mm -hmm. You put so much pressure on yourself because- Every pound you lose is another pound towards it. So I got out of that mentality of when's the deadline or what's the event by. It's just every pound I lost was moving forward. But again, I'd stalled. I was stuck. And Noom, again, they got me to that more intuitive approach. And then we heard of Metro. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what's really funny is I was cleaning out my photographs because you get thousands of photographs on your phone. And I actually found something I had snapshot of MetPro probably five years ago, four years ago. Really? But I did nothing. I mean, I found this thing and I was like, oh, my God. I actually saw something pop up, took a snapshot, and then obviously did nothing about it. That's funny. But MetPro for me, and I know you guys are also, and yes, I heard of it through you guys, but it was the next stage for me. Now, I'm not saying I couldn't have lost all the weight with MetPro, but MetPro has really got me into this natural food, good food, not hungry. I saw somebody wrote once on one of the threads, is it sorcery? Because <laughs> well, like, because it worked for me. And so they're like, if it worked for Tom, there has to be, <laughs> be witchcraft or, yeah. It's odd. It's like, I used to, through Noom, it was like, I can have low fat food, low sugar food, diet food, and count the calories. And again, that was part of that evolution for me. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, I don't want it. It's yes, like- yes, <laughs> yes. It's so true. It's so true. It takes you to a new level because you get used to not having the sugar all the time. I mean, that's a huge game changer because the cravings, I crave the sugar. And so not uh, craving you know, the sugar it's is crystal, It's funny you say that. After dinner used to be my biggest issue where I would need something. And again, I managed it and I had it within my calorie allowance or whatever it was, but it was like, it might be an ice cream or it might be a chocolate or something. I just don't want it now. It's like, (laughs) what happened? (laughs) You stopped the cycle of sugar cravings. That's what you did. Yeah, and I mean, my husband is completely the opposite. He has a very sweet tooth and that's fine. That's his thing. He's never had to struggle with weight, which is infuriating. It's okay. You can say (laughs) it. It is, but he's wonderfully supportive. So I take that. It's his journey, my journey. Sure. But he'll order a dessert sometimes. I'll have one spoonful and I go, that was nice. Yeah. Again, Noom taught me that if you don't like it, 
for the sake of eating it. Absolutely. Like, if you like it, enjoy it. But if you don't like it, don't go into this fog where you just mindlessly eat it yes. regardless. Yeah. Yes. So important. I think I'm at a point now, and I'm still doing that pro. Those last five, 10 pounds, I'm, I'm probably happy where I am, is like, they're the hardest. They've been there a really long time. <laughs> so, They've got seniority. They do. Yeah. They do have seniority. It's a union thing. They do. <laughs> and it's- I've lost now with MetPro about 25, 26 pounds, and it's taken me about seven months, and I don't care because yeah. I'm now at a weight. Good God. I mean, I sent you the picture, Crystal, and you have to tell me if they're okay, of a black lace evening gown. And I, I saw that. Of- no, I saw it. It's great. It's great. So do you know that dress fit me? Probably for, I'd be lucky, God knows, two weeks, 23 years ago. And it never fit me again. And it was at the back of the wardrobe. And Mm -hmm. there I'm doing the purge. And I'm going, God, let's see if I'm even remotely close and it fit perfectly. (laughs) Now I just need somewhere to go with a black lazy. (laughs) Stupid COVID. (laughs) Yeah. Well, stupid anything. I don't really live a lifestyle that has black lace evening gowns very often. (laughs) Okay. But you spend half your time in St. Martin. So, you know. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, That is true. But Seattle's not your most elegant black lace evening gowns either. I get that. I'm just saying it's a trade-off. And I think if you have to trade, that's a good one. (laughs) And I'll take it. But still good to get back in the dress. It really was. Yeah, that's very impressive. I have that with hoodies. I was wearing a hoodie that I won at a conference I went to that I was never able to wear, even though it's an XL. And now I put it on and it's like, it's baggy. (laughs) It's such a good feeling. It's all that hard work. And it also like, I don't know about you, Roz, but like, Tom still struggles with it. He'll like look in the mirror and be like, where did I go? (laughs) It's not who he expects to see in the mirror. It takes a while for the internal you to catch up with the external you. Oh, 100%. When I was purging the wardrobe and I'm looking at things going, oh, I don't think that'll fit me. And then I put it on and it's loose. Yeah. Yeah. So my head isn't yet aligned, even though this has been a two and a half, three year period. But that's my other thing. I had to take the time. It had to be slow. I had to eat. You know, you see people go, oh, I've plateaued. What will I do? And it's like, enjoy the plateau. You didn't put it on. Each bit is stabilizing yet again. So for me, it's been very much this process. But even in COVID, weird year for all of us. I'm in a place I've never really had to live long term. I still lost another 15 pounds through the year. So it's doable, but you've got to be realistic and know what can I do that's within my terms of reference right now. So definitely 2020, I wasn't, not that I actually needed to lose another 50, 60 pounds, but that wasn't something that was going to happen at that point in my time. So I was just relieved while everybody else is saying, oh God, I've put on that COVID-19 as they all called it or 38 as one friend said. It's like for me, I still managed to again solidify this change in my life and plan ongoing. Why do you think it's stuck this time? Even though I said exercise won't help you lose when you've got a large amount of weight, it's now part of my DNA. So I, as I said, I used to come home, sit down in front of a television and watch television right? Well, sort of watch television because I was also working. So I don't think I really even did that properly. Yeah. Now it's like I schedule time for my Peloton or my tonal or my swimming when I'm here because we can swim here. Don't swim much in Seattle. It's a little cold even <laughs> in the summer. So for me, it's now, I think the exercise has just got my metabolism efficient. I also think MetPro has got me very efficient. And this is what you see with this whole upcycle, downcycle. When I first started this thing and I heard about people doing macros and all this and meal prep, meal prep would have sent me into a tailspin. (laughs) Absolutely. 
it's like, I'm not ever going to do that. And you'd hear of these people who spent their whole Sunday meal prepping. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> you who know, has time I'm for that? Time off. I'm not going to spend my time chopping vegetables. But, you know, it's actually not that hard. I have some protein in the fridge, some shrimp or chicken. I have brown rice. I have veggies. I can throw a stir fry together in four minutes. I feel you like know? for me, it's such a shift because it's like before I would try to take whatever I was eating and shove it into the macros I had been given. And with MetPro, it's like I approach it differently because it's like, well, these are the things I can eat and here's how much you can have of them. And so it's like, okay, make a bunch of chicken, make a bunch of turkey. And then it's like, okay, now I can have however many ounces for that meal. And boom, it's so much easier for my brain to process. And it's like, these are the things you eat. Done. And and while it takes time on a Sunday, if that's the day you choose, it also buys you back time during the week. Yes. Because it's just like you just grab your thing and you're ready. And I don't have to think about it anymore. And when you were doing macros, like, and I know it works for some people. I mean, it's not like it doesn't work. But it was just like... I'm like, oh, diet suck. You know what would make it better? Let's add math. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. And see, I never did the macro thing. For me, it was like even reading about it was scary. It was like, I'm just not doing that. And it even doesn't take me that long to prep it. Like the big thing for me is, as you said, some chicken. My go-to, especially in Seattle as it was getting colder, because now I'm back to salads again, some protein, chicken tuna, whatever. I'd have some vegetables pre-chopped up like peppers. I love peppers, mm-hmm. baby carrots. And then I'd have brown rice. I do a whole thing in the rice cooker and the rice just sits in the fridge. It literally would take me. In. And I think it's also simpler cooking because mm-hmm. my go-to spices, I add some lemon pepper. Yeah, I love lemon anything. So it's lemon pepper, rice, tiny little bit of oil, protein, Lunch is done. Let me tell Uh, you about my recipe I did today. I was so proud of it (laughs) because I made it up. I made my own like MetPro stuffed peppers. I took a big bell pepper and I cored it out. And then I put two ounces of meat in and I put a third cup of quinoa in it. And then I sprinkled cheese on top and cooked it in the oven for 450. It was so good. So and it good. sounds perfect. It, it really does. Just yeah. delicious. And that's it. That's, you know, and I made, yeah. I made eight of them. So I'm good for the week for my lunches. Yeah. Like that's the other thing I find is I can eat the same thing almost every day and I don't get bored anymore because I'm now satisfied and not hungry. Weird one for me was for whatever reason, thought I hated Ezekiel bread, the sprout bread. Yes. I've always liked brown bread, multigrain, but it was like, oh, no, I don't like that stuff. And my coach, she said, I suggest you try it again because your palate has probably changed. Yes. No, but I really don't like it. She said, just, just give try it a go. It. <laughs> I tried it. I like it. So it's like, you've got, you know, I used used to have yogurt and I always had to add honey to it. Now I don't. I just add a bit of peach or kiwi or whatever and it doesn't need anything else. So you've got to be open to trying stuff that previously you would have always said, no, 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 that's not me. Tom, I appreciate. I hear your story. <laughs> appreciate you may not try something new, but in my case, going back to for the bread normal was just, people, for that's normal good people, advice. It's true. Yes, I am not normal. <laughs> Here, I'll give you my met pro recipe. Take meat, drown it in spaghetti sauce. Done. Yeah. Like that's, that's Tom. Three meals a day. That's, well, no, I have eggs <laughs> for breakfast. If that for you works and you don't get bored, that's great. Because yeah. that's what it is. You just got to work out what works for you and make it sustainable. Absolutely. You know? And I, I think that's the big thing. It's weird when we, as I said, I live on an island of 400 plus amazing restaurants because they're all competing with each other. 
the old me would have gone and thought, how much risotto can I have? And I'm allowing risotto. It's funny, I'm with a coach called Jess. At the beginning, it'll be, so do I miss my snack this afternoon because I'm going out to dinner? She said, Roz, we've talked about this before. Got to eat it. No, got to <laughs> eat it. And it was like my old mentality was save those calories right. so I can have something. Now I go out and I'm looking on the menu of where's the grilled chicken or the grilled fish or the kebabs or whatever, because I don't really want the plate of pasta or anything. It really does change your palate and it's still an aha for me. It still is. My head hasn't caught up with the fact that a lifelong of, I was never a, a bad eater. I think my thing was quantities mm-hmm. and I had a sweeter tooth. I don't think I had a sweet tooth, but a sweeter tooth. And now that stuff is like, I'm still catching on a bit like your common crystal about your body image. Yeah, I'm still catching on to, I actually eat differently now and want to eat differently than I probably have for the last 50 plus years. That's fantastic. Congratulations. That's very exciting. Now, you mentioned that you got stuck in St. Martin, and I say get stuck, like in quotes, because I don't know that that's a terrible place to get stuck. (laughs) But I'm sure that because you weren't planning on it, it was still a very difficult adjustment. So tell us a little bit about that and how you ended up where you're splitting time now between Seattle and St. Martin. So we started visiting this gorgeous little island, probably 2009, 2010, and used to come back here once every couple of years, if we could. Everybody used to say, why don't you go to Hawaii? That's a lot closer to Seattle. But for whatever reason, the Caribbean was something we loved. And we went to lots of different places. We had some timeshare. So we were able to go to different places. And in 2019, and it's really funny because you remember those moments. And we saw a sign in the airport that said, isn't it time you bought? (laughs) And we both looked at this and the particular place they were advertising, we didn't like. But we were like, ah, Maybe we should think about it. My husband's really great with property. He does things and fixes them up amazingly. And he's done that quite regularly. That's his thing. So we started investigating. And a longer story than I'll go into, we found this property that had been substantially hurricane damaged. Okay. So the actual building, which is a whole lot of apartments, some of them didn't get damaged at all. But ours is the top left corner. And apparently Irma went right past. We don't know the reason why. Did they not have the shutters? Did they not have the windows up? Because it's all about pressure with Mm -hmm. hurricanes. So if you don't have any opening, it might have blown. But basically we had no windows and three years of salt water or salt air coming in corrosion. Yikes. Of course, the funny thing was the hideous red velvet furniture managed to survive the hurricane. (laughs) Sure it did. Even if the windows did not. So... We saw this place. We first saw it, went, oh, I don't think so. Went upstairs to where there's a terrace and then just looking out at the Caribbean went, um, maybe. (laughs) Suddenly, I'm more open. (laughs) It was going to be a really long project. He works part-time for my company. I'm, at that point, going to an office every day. So there's no way we would get there over time. Maybe come every so often, do a little bit of work. But the first thing we needed to do was get some windows in because it's a little unlivable without the windows. So he came down January 2020 and was going back and forward a lot to Miami, getting material and stuff. They call it the bus, by the way, because it's like a two-hour flight to Miami. So it was interesting in 2019 that we traveled actually quite a lot for various reasons. A friend had a birthday in Amsterdam. I had a school reunion in Australia. So we just ended up traveling a lot. And my way of handling things back then was find a gym with my iPad, do a Peloton class if they had a spinning bike. For whatever reason, I couldn't find a decent bike. And I'm sure they are here, but I couldn't find one on the island. It was like the gym. I couldn't even clip into the bike properly. It didn't have the right pedals. And I was like, Mike, I need a bike. And he said, this is ridiculous. Because I was only coming for two weeks in March, right? Sure. <laughs> he said, 
seriously, you need a bike for two weeks. I'm like, I need a bike. Investment in the future, longer term. He said, we're going to take like years to do this place up. Are you serious? Anyway, we got a secondhand bike because back then, well, even now, Peloton won't deliver to the Caribbean. Right. So we managed to find one in Miami. I feel so sorry for this girl. So then we're talking now probably late January, 2020. She says, you know, I got the bike, but I really prefer the gym. So I think I'm going to sell my bike. (laughs) Oh, poor girl. (laughs) (laughs) She could have sold that bike for like five times over probably. But she wanted to get rid of it. So we got the bike here. He still thinks I'm nuts. But again, he's been really supportive along the way. And I joined him in March. Now we all know what happened in March. Right. Yeah. The world tipped upside down. And back then we thought Seattle was the actual hub of everything. Like we now know oh, COVID right. was probably around a lot more. But Seattle was where it really came to the world's attention for America. So we said, can we stay maybe till late? It'll right. probably be over by then. <laughs> our wonderful cat sitter. We know, were so naive yeah. back then. <laughs> oh, my God. So we have this lovely girl who looks after our kitties when we're there, and we don't bring them when it's only a two-week vacation or whatever. And we say, hey, Jenny, can you stay to April? She said, well, no one's really asking me to cat sit right now. So, sure. By April, there were no flights. So we're now stuck. They had a couple of expatriate flights, but they booked up so fast so meanwhile, Mike's churning along and doing things up and recabling things. And again, once the windows were in, it was actually very livable. It wasn't the nicest place to live, but it was very livable. Sure. Thank heavens for that Peloton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because my tone was back in Seattle, by the way. So the funny story there was I was about to put it on pause because I can't use it. And suddenly it logs in. I go, huh? <laughs> And I realized that the pet sitter has discovered the tonal. (laughs) Look, she's being a real trooper. Let's just leave it on for her. So she used the tonal for the three months. And, well, first of all, my team all went remote. So, okay, remote working actually works. In fact, we ended up closing our office down and moving to a shared working facility that nobody wants to be in. So it's all remote now. I kept working, learned how to manage the time zones and everything else, had my Peloton here, and we changed our objective. It was like, let's get this place finished. So we went back to Seattle for the summer, got ourselves all organized and shipped a container of stuff down. We had some furniture and things to ship down. Came back October last year, stayed for another eight months, went back again for the summer and now back here till about March. And the last two times we brought the cats with us. That sounds amazing. I saw a cat walk behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. The cat oh, needs a Peloton. Probably. That cat well, does know, need a Peloton. That's a big cat. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that is we have one of those huge cat wheels. Yes. You've probably yes, seen them. Yes, we I saw the picture. For, well, we bought it for Ellie, the main coon. Okay. Who won't even look at it at all. <laughs> and the other one runs on it. <laughs> And I can send you a video of it. It's really quite funny. Actually, I think I sent it to you in Messenger, Crystal. Yeah, you did. You've actually got the little one running on the wheel. She runs on the wheel usually at two in the morning, which is great. (laughs) The funny thing about Ellie is during that three months, so Ellie is the big Maine Coon, 14, 15-pound Maine Coon, she learned to use FaceTime. Not dialing in. She hasn't got to that point. But the reason she's probably lurking is she sees people on the screen and she wants to be looking at you on the screen. Yeah. (laughs) And I have a trainer I do once a week over FaceTime. And it's quite funny because sometimes I hear this voice. She's got me doing something. I'm not looking at the screen. And suddenly I hear, Rosalind, I see fur. (laughs) And it's Ellie just staring at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we shouldn't shouldn't give your cat trouble for needing to lose weight because it also looks like whenever it's a Maine Coon, they're very big cats and they're furry. They're very furry. I've had a cat that 
I never proved was Maine Coon, but I thought was Maine Coon. And they are just like a big old puffball. They are a big old puffball, but the vet has said one and a half to two pounds would be nice. <laughs> the, the problem is in Seattle, she lives in a cupboard. Oh. And here she lives under the bed. Okay. And that's it. Okay. She doesn't do a lot more. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> she ignores the wheel. So just uh, put her on FaceTime and like make her chase the FaceTime around the house. No, <laughs> no. she would just watch. Okay. Yeah, that's cat. <laughs> She lived in a cupboard. I was picturing like a cat, Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> she you know, just she, You know, it's the funniest thing, Tom. It's like she gets behind this cupboard and so much so we put a camera in the cupboard to see if she's in the cupboard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, a cupboard that's behind something else. She goes in there and she sits there all day and comes out for dinner. Okay. Like solitude. Yeah. <laughs> she's a Maine Coon. That's what she's like. Not so much here because it's a little different. But in Seattle, she will run into her cupboard and then the doorbell rings. Oh, so she knows so they're she coming. She hears. Yeah, she hears. Yeah, it's so. the social anxiety. Yeah, yeah. But they both traveled really fine. I was such a worried mother. They're both healthy and everything else, which is great. Ellie's nine. Katie's four. Katie Aww. is my foster fail. As Crystal knows, we foster kittens when we're they're back in so Seattle. Cute too. Ellie still looks at Katie. Katie adores Ellie, <laughs> adores her. Ellie just looks at her like, it's been four years. Why is she still here? I don't get it. If all the others have left, why is she still here? She's my little foster fail. We joke, Ellie is my husband, Mike's cat, and Katie is mine. Aw, so. that's sweet. What is your leaderboard name? My leaderboard name is Dynamic Roz, and I've always had a lot of energy. I like to say it's, well, Mental energy, we would say before Peloton. Um, <laughs> it might be the red hair, but you can see I'm animated and everything else. So Dynamic Roz, it might have been somewhat aspirational. I put this name there and I'm like, Dynamic Roz, I'm not really very dynamic. But now I think I live up to the name. And it was lucky I got one of those names. I didn't have to be Roz 274. Oh, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's the benefit of joining way back when. One of many Absolutely. benefits of joining way back when. Do you have a favorite instructor? Well, I have a few. For me, Jess King is the one that I go to. It's not for this reason. She was the one who came up in the Bellevue Square store. And again, find what motivates you is my big thing. For me, even though I'm like, oh, I don't feel like working out today, whatever. <laughs> if I go find a ride with Jess, it usually will get me past that pretty quickly, although most of them will. It's also great that I had that opportunity to meet so many of them. So for me, going to that studio that first time, and I went another couple of times, it really got me part of that feeling of actually riding in the studio. And I know for so many of the people now, that's something they haven't experienced and we don't know, may never experience. We don't know what's going to come there. And the new studio is probably going to be different if it does ever open up. So Jess was really my first and my go-to. But along the way, I've done things like the Power Zone, which right now I was getting just the Power Zone wasn't motivating me. Mm -hmm. So when I've been the lead, I've been the lead four times. The lead motivated me and I love the mathematics of Power Zone where, sure. okay, my rides are mapped out for the week. But when it gets to the point of, oh God, I've still got to get three rides in this week, which are of the required rides, getting in the rides wasn't the problem. It's the required rides I didn't want to do. I'll never love 90 minute rides. Mm -hmm. I can do them. They're not a problem for me physically, but it's like, I've got to literally break it down, get 10 in, 15. Okay. Now I'm at 45, 45 I can do. And I may go back to the challenges one day, nothing against them. They're 
They're wonderful if they keep you motivated. I was just getting ugh. I feel like a lot of people do them and get to that point because there's a certain time for everybody. Everybody's different. But there's a certain moment where you get to and you just miss what called you to Peloton in the first place. Whatever that was for you. It's just you don't get to do that anymore. And you need to take a break. And And every ride would still do it for me once I did it. But it was getting me to go, oh, God, I've still got three rides to get. And it's Saturday (laughs) and I've got to do it by Monday. It was just stressful and yeah. it's not meant to be stressful. But, you know, if I name the ones that are my go-to favorites, love Dennis, Dennis, Tunde, Kendall, and it's all at different times. It depends who you feel like. So we have a great thing where I was going to say to my husband, now, which one should I do? And I just start naming the instructors <laughs> and he's already got a number in his head and he'll go, number four was Tunde. So whatever number I say in whatever order. <laughs> and again, it's like, I really like Bradley Rose. I think he's hysterical and he reminds me of my time back in the UK. He's sure. just so typically English. (laughs) Lovely Anne. Didn't like Ben that much, but Ben doing Power Zone is actually quite interesting. I think it really works for his style. Again, he's not one of my all-the-time instructors, but occasionally, like, love his Ministry of Sound one. That ride was phenomenal. So, it's finding what works. Also, just keep checking it's still working. Like, I love Matt to do occasionally because he's so technical. Mm -hmm. So, his low-impact rides are just great to remind you of your posture and are you cycling correctly and and all of that? But he's not my go-to every day. So and that's okay. Yeah, that's absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So do you have any advice for people who are just now entering the world of Peloton? I think I've probably said it a few times. Whatever will motivate you and that will change. So for me, that first motivation was husband was not going to put the clothes on the Peloton. <laughs> <laughs> and that you gets know, you to the next milestone. The next one is for me, I don't count the milestones on all the other kinds of Peloton. I do yoga occasionally. I do Pilates occasionally. Tonal, the milestone thing hasn't really caught on with me. I just do my programs and I try and do it steadily. But the milestones with the cycling, as you've probably seen, the funniest was when I said to Mike, I said to him, I want a thousand in balloons. And he thought I said, I want a thousand balloons. Oh, no. And he just looked at me. He said, I bet. Yeah. He was like, are you crazy? <laughs> he was like, this is going beyond the supportive husband. To go yeah. buy a thousand balloons. Especially if you and were said, on the island at the time. Yes. Like, how do you we, even get we were actually back in Seattle, oh. but it was still a thousand balloons is a lot to buy. It he is. looked at me and he, he said, honey, are you really want I said, it's not that much to ask. It's only four balloons. <laughs> and then he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So now that's our thing with the milestone. He did the same for 1,500. The next one will be 2,000. For me, you see the people who say, don't count the five-minute rides. I don't care. I agree with Christine. Every time I get on that bike, that counts. And if I do a five-minute cool down, that's another five minutes that I wouldn't have done in the old me. So, I count the rides. The milestones are a big deal. It's funny because now they've jumped to only for me every 500. And once I get 2,000, it's going to be 1,000. So I made my own one. You see, I have a 1,600, 1,700, 1,800 when I get there because I was like, it's too far. (laughs) I want to count the 100s. The other thing I think, and Peloton say this, but I don't think you realize it till you do it. That 100th ride is such a mind shift Mm -hmm. because it really does mean you've developed a pattern. And I don't care if it took you three years to do 100 or it took you two weeks. I mean, of course, the 200 and the 500 and the 1,000 are all important, but that 100 is meaning you've really made some kind of consistent change. So, get to that 100. That would be my thing. But keep evaluating what's motivating you. So, as Power Zone for me, and I'm not saying Power Zone overall, I still like the rides, but the programs were just not inspirational anymore. It was becoming a chore. Nothing against them. They're awesome. But for me, I needed other stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm now motivated enough 
but I don't need that program to make me do it, which when I first started Power Zone, it was great. The whole week is mapped out for me. I don't even need to think about it. I've just got to get these four or five rides in. And it's, again, just keep evaluating what's motivating you. And if it's not, whether it's an accountability partner, whether it's a supportive spouse. So another thing is my struggle, and I'm still dealing with this one, is getting enough sleep. It's not that I have trouble sleeping. It's getting me into bed that's the problem Mm -hmm. because I get my second wind at night and I can keep going. And husband crashes out because he's been doing like renovation all day. Sure. And if I wake up and go, oh, should I have another hour of sleep or should I work out? He will always say work out. And that's just his thing. He was saying, no, get up, go do it. Of course, once I'm doing it, I'm fine. I know if I ask him that question, he's going to say, no, go work out. Mm-hmm. Of course, to me, I can still sleep in if I want to. But right. <laughs> having that person who will remind you why you're doing what you're doing, person, motivation. I have met so many fabulous people through Peloton. And of course, some of that was back during the studio days where you met them when they would do the HRIs, whatever they called them. But I've just made friends along the way. And some of them are just, one lady was posting about her cat had got very sick and I reached out to her and she was visiting Seattle. They were running cruise to Alaska. This is about three years ago. And now we went out for dinner and we've stayed in touch. I've just met some fabulous people through this community, which I don't know. You talk about this a lot. I don't know how the competitors are necessarily going to catch up with that. You they know, can't. it's um, they can't. It's the people who have joined Peloton and who have created that community. They did that. They did that. I mean, Peloton certainly benefited from it, but it's the people. You can't replace that. You can't make that happen. That's just lightning in a bottle. It is. Yeah, it is. And we all talked about those of us who because so this was another motivation we had. For the first thousand rides, my husband would buy a hundred shares every time I did a hundred, right? <laughs> wow. And, and I was at about six or seven hundred when they went. So we got quite a chunk at a low, a very low price, thank God, because they're not yeah. underwater. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it stopped at a thousand. <laughs> it's like, that's it. It's going too high. And of course, there's lots of discussion. I love John's piece and everything else. I think they're a strong company, but I do think I'm not a share analyst or anything else. They have to rethink in this new paradigm where A lot of people join them who don't know the studio, don't know it from a long time before it was public. There are things they're going to have to think about. At the other hand, though, I still personally believe there's so much going for them. So my wonderful uncle, the fit, super fit, now 70-year-old, which freaks me out to say that. So he says, to be daughter-in-law who lives in Sydney, has something competitive. And it's one I've never heard of. So it's not the dreaded one we don't talk about. (laughs) The one that shall not be. And he said, it's cheaper and I'm going to go for that. And he went and tried it. And he went, nah, and he used to cycle on the road. He doesn't anymore, but he used to cycle on the road. He said, I'm going to go try the Peloton. And they've now opened up a store in Bondi Junction, which is in Sydney. I'm like, yay, that'll give me a Peloton when I visit the street. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fabulous. That's a good one. We're going to keep our fingers crossed that he buys it. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Before we let you go, remind everybody where they can find you on social media if you would like to be found. Absolutely. So it's Facebook and Instagram, really, for me. What do you call it with John? The tickety talk? I haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah, the tickety talk. Um, <laughs> and I'm not really a Twitterer. So for me, it's going to be Rosalind Anson on Facebook or Dynamic Ros on Instagram. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. We really appreciate it. We do. And thank you for taking time on your Sunday. Of course. Well, you take care of your kitties and enjoy your time there and tell your husband thank you for all of his technical assistance. (laughs) And let me just add here, if ever you would like to record a clip out on the beautiful island of St. Martin, please just let us know. We would be happy to... 
facilitate. Oh, well, <laughs> I am certainly all in. Finding, we can talk that one offline. But definitely. Just throwing an invitation out there. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. <laughs> we love visitors. We really do. <laughs> So I guess that brings this episode to a close. What, pray tell, do you have in store for people next week? A highly anticipated interview with Brittany Allen, the fashion designer. Ooh. So I am really excited about this, and uh, I've been I've been dying to post it. So here we go. Awesome. Well, until then, where can people find you? People can find me on Facebook, and uh, it's facebook.com slash Crystal Z. O'Keefe. They can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, The Bike, and The Tread, all at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Find the show online, facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page join the group and of course don't forget our youtube channel at youtube.com slash the clip out while you're there you can uh, subscribe to that as well so that's it for this one thanks for tuning in and until next time keep pedaling and running and running